I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do. So probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life – From the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching programme, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement programme and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. Hi, this is Rami Jaffe from the Foo Fighters, and you're listening to Sober Awkward. (laughs) Thanks, Rami. Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm never drinking again, and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one, while you head to a dodgy after party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol. On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy. Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health. Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober, an unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly authentic version of you. Won't that mean I become boring though, Vic? Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams-Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward. Hamish. Yeah. Very sweet. <laughs> just, just, just before we start the podcast. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, you know how people clear their throats like gain attention of a room? Yeah. Like teacher would be like, uh, hum, I can't do that. 
I'm going to have to show you what my mum does now. So instead of burping, she does something called a, like, I call it the puff, where so she'll sit and have her lunch. So you don't hear her just do a massive belt. She just goes like this. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> I've seen people do that and then you might catch the waft. Yeah. You're like, oh, she's done your Christmas, is it? <laughs> uh, it's like a it's like a lady's burp isn't yeah, it yeah but it's not nice but the corner of the mouth sort of opens up doesn't it <laughs> the pop. i can very I, I can remember being the age where my granny began farting and not acknowledging it okay yes you know like she bent down to get something and fart and you're like are we gonna just let that one. I think I'm not I... going to smile or like. I feel like I'd be teasing her if I smiled or laughed. You just got to ignore it. Just got to sit with the fact that she just cracked one out in front of you. <laughs> cracked one out in front no. of you. Sounds, no, grannies don't crack no, them out. No, no, Hamish, no. that's something Sorry. else. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave you with that lovely image. Oh, may she rest in peace, my grandma. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh dear, Hamish. So I guess a nice place to start, Vic, is to ask you, I know that you obviously blew your finger off on a New Year's Day, but we won't get to that yet. I want to know, have you ever woken up anywhere weird on a New Year's Day? I have once woken up in a pavilion on Brighton Seafront. Alone? Uh, I never very often woke up alone if I'd been out on a... Four men? Four, there was four men and a monkey. <laughs> no, I woke up alone on a park bench once on New Year's Day. Ah, oh, that is depressing. Yeah, it was pretty depressing. Did that turn into a good year? Was it like a bad omen for the year that followed? Yeah, it wasn't a good time around then. <laughs> My Brighton years, I thought they were fun, but perhaps they were a little bit seedy. What about you? One that came to mind for me is Liz and I woke up and refused to accept that New Year's Eve was over. So we headed to Parsley Bay Beach in Sydney. Maybe my favourite beach in Sydney. Okay. Little trivia question for you there. <laughs> um, head, head to Parsley Bay in Sydney and we just thought, let's begin a party. So it was a two-person party, right? which was a lot of fun. But I remember feeling guilty that there was a lot of like family setting up picnics. Oh, God, Having yeah. that kind of New Year's yeah. Day. And we were like rampaging. Oh, God, that's the worst when it's daylight. <laughs> Yeah. Do you remember when I, I pissed behind a lamppost in London yeah. when the commuters were all coming past? I thought it was still night and then I kind of came to and was like, morning. Yeah, that's oh, not, not nice. good. Anyway, Hamish, here we are in the sober, awkward studio, i.e. Fred's pissy bedroom. Oh, I wonder where he gets it from. Yeah, it's not much of an upgrade, <laughs> is it, hey? It does smell worse than a public toilet at Glastonbury here. I know. Luckily on podcasts, you can't smell us. Well, yet, which is probably a good thing. Now, it's New Year's Day, Hamish. Some people that listen to this podcast today are sober. Hello. Well done. We love you. You know the colour of Hamish's pants. What? Why I only have nine fingers and what it's like being sober on New Year's Eve and being the one person at the party who remembers why your mate Dangerous Darren got arrested last night. I'm actually not wearing pants today. Oh. It's my New Year's resolution for this year bareback all the way to 2025 my plan with it is that it will toughen up the skin of my testicles that's the real plan it's way too much information well i know well that's why i say i'm just go bareback all year if they ask why ah oh, here's my testicles today soft at the end of the year i'll show you them again tough as a nut oh excellent we'll get that photograph of, of what they're looking we'll like we'll do a before and after oh it's another testicles episode of sober awkward it's all content what a surprise it's what all a surprise. content oh it just so happens that we happen to be chatting about Hamish's ball bag again <laughs> hurrah <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Happy New Year. Good morning, 2024, and good morning, Hamish's testicles that are super soft. Hello. Have you got any poppers, Hamish? Bit of a weird request, but yep, I've got a bottle of that. Oh, no, not those sort of poppers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> These ones. Here you go. Oh, okay. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Oh, oh, mine oh, didn't go. The string uh, came out. That's a bad omen. Oh, that is a bad that is omen. A bad omen. <laughs> that's seven years bad luck, isn't it? I just thought, if someone's listened to this podcast hungover yeah. on New Year's Day, oh. and then we've let off a popper into a microphone and oh. they're wearing headphones. Yeah. I apologise for that, guys. I apologise for that. It's to wake you up and to get you listening. That's it. To shake you into gear. Yep. There'll be a few of you out there today that are hungover and are listening to So Awkward for the very first time. If that is you, welcome to the show. You're in the right place. This is a podcast about alcohol, what it does, why we drink, why you might consider the possibility of giving it up. It's also a little bit about my balls. The good thing is that we are here like two annoying little knobheads to guide you on this path to getting sober, while still being able to party, stick to boundaries, moonwalk at weddings, and not lose all of your mates. So we know if you're in the latter, the people that are considering giving up drinking, you're probably feeling like shit right now. You might have been on a bender since Christmas Day. You're feeling bloated after scoffing too many mince pies. The Baileys isn't sitting well in your stomach. You shouted at your Auntie Mavis during a game of Triple Pursuit for no reason. And you made a tit out of yourself last night at the big New Year's Eve shindig. Whatever. You've woken up questioning if alcohol is really working for you anymore. You've probably Googled, am I an alcoholic? And are pondering what to do next well we are here to answer the questions that are banging around in your anxiety riddled little head i must say if anyone's actually listening to this on new year's day huge respect yes i would have taken me until like the second third fourth or fifth of january to go okay now i'm feeling okay enough to plug headphones in and listen to a podcast like this yeah because you were in your turmoil of the hangover I mean, to even consider anything but a pepperoni passion that's from it. Domino's. yeah and the six hour netflix binge in your boxes yeah, yeah. <laughs> so today we're here to hopefully give you some of the answers to help you make a new year's resolution that actually sticks for once tell you where to start what to expect when it comes to everything sobriety we know you all miss the christmas day episode of top of the pops that really ages us that, yeah i know it, it does <laughs> We're going to do a much more depressing version of that. A Mike Reed style top 10 countdown of all those questions spinning in your head. What could be the big New Year's number one, Vic? Rehab by Amy Winehouse? Because I got high by Afro Man or Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran? I'm hoping for Sober by Kelly Clarkson, Hamish. Has she got a song on Sober? Yeah, she has, yeah. I looked it up, didn't I? Is it good? Looked it up on Google. Is it a good one, though? No, not really. Nah. I don't really like her. <laughs> Now, just so you know, we are not two righteous tossers. Well, not all the time. We've been there and we have felt like you do right now. I woke up every New Year's Day for 25 years and I promised myself that I would quit booze. My New Year's resolutions were as solid as jelly. Or as solid as my son's poo after a kid's party. Exactly. <laughs> that reminds me, Hamish. It is, we have to say, it is the stump's birthday today. Oh, it's big, isn't it? Yeah. Would how, you like to kiss old? it? Never. Go on. Never. Go on, kiss it. I'm not going to kiss you. Hamish, kiss it. I'm not kissing. Oh, God, you've got to kiss it. Fucking kiss stump. it. <laughs> kiss Get it your stump out of my face. It's just skin. It's too intimate. <laughs> it's too intimate. We are in a room on our own. How our partners might find it strange if we if, said that. If you... John comes in and I'm seemingly licking your finger. I can't believe you've denied me. As, as John ever kissed it? Has anyone ever kissed it? Many people have kissed oh, it, Hamish. No. It's a tradition. How old is it today? 
24. 24 years. So for those that don't know, I blew one of my fingers off on the Millennium Night in Thailand and it is now oh, the Millennium Stump. So yeah, that was one of my dr- famous drinking injuries, Hamish. We should like put a bow tie on it. We should do something for we should, it. We but... can draw a little face on it if you, do you want. Do you want to put the shell of my popper on it? Oh yes, I'll put the popper like it's a little hat. It's just there, falling it's down off. there. Oh, the stump has a hat. Oh yeah, that looks nice. I'll take a photo of that and share it with our minions. Lovely. <laughs> It is a tradition now for everybody on New Year's Eve to kiss the stump, Hamish. My New Year's resolution is not to kiss any stumps this year. I've had my (laughs) fill of stump kissing. Okay, fair enough. Now, why do we have this odd tradition of making promises we know we're going to break on this day anyway? I can't believe the amount of research you've done on this particular thing. I know, I'm interested. I'm not sure if any of my resolutions ever lasted beyond February. Yeah, and February is my birthday month, so... All resolutions are made to be broken when you're born in February. So how early in February is your birthday? 11th. Okay, so if you ever did dry January, would you make it as far as February 11th? I would never do dry January when I was a drinker. That that is not something I would have done, Hamish. Anyway, the ancient Babylonians are said to have been the first people to make New Year's resolutions some 4,000 years ago. They had a massive 12-day religious festival, which probably involved a lot of booze, Hamish. Huge piss-up. They also made promises to the gods to pay their debts and return any objects they had borrowed. That reminds me, Hamish, can I have that 20 bucks back? And I did lend you my hedge trimmer. My front bush is very untidy. I don't know what you're talking about, Vic. Lovely. (laughs) Actually, a similar practice occurred in ancient Rome after the reform-minded emperor Julius Caesar tinkered with the calendar and established January 1st as the beginning of the new year, circa 46 BC. I guess it's Caesar's fault. It's Caesar's fault. For earlier Christians, the first day of the new year became the traditional occasion for thinking about one's past mistakes and resolving to do better in the future. So making promises and breaking them has basically been going on for fucking ages. So don't feel bad. No shame here on Sober Awkward, even if those smart aqueduct building Romans were doing it. What, the Romans invented toilet bleach? Not aqueduct, Hamish, Uh, aqueduct. Jesus Christ. Anyway, let's get back in time like a jive bunny tune. The New Year's Day hangover. Oh. That's all I've got to say about that. It was always one of the worst for me. I remember making promises to myself on that day. I must cut down. I mustn't get blackout drunk. I must stop waking up on waltzes. But then my hangover would dance off into the sunset with one of those pepperoni pizzas, Hamish, and a can of iron brew. And I'd be doing a swan dive on a dirty dance floor a week later. I don't think I've ever drunk iron brew sober or not hungover same it's built for hangovers and lucas aid yeah yeah lucas yeah and well, milk look, and milk mine oh. was milk remember i used to down a pint of milk if this is your first time listening to the op- to the podcast vic would be hungover go to mcdonald's yep. order a milk yeah and drink it by herself yeah sat at the table in my dressing gown i could just hear them judging you glug, glug, glug. <laughs> <laughs> I also never considered giving up forever, despite those hangovers. Actually, with the dry January thing, I can remember going, well, I drunk until three in the morning, so January's fucked anyway. Yeah, you know? yeah true. Why, why bother? So you've entered into the new era. Yeah. So even though I hated those hangovers and I felt like shit all the time, I still carried on. One of the issues is that New Year's Day 
is a public holiday. Yes. Which is always a good excuse for a piss up. So sobriety wasn't an option for me because I knew I hadn't reached rock bottom. I didn't have an issue as such. And I just drunk because that's what everyone else seemed to do. So I felt like sobriety wasn't, was not something that was built for me. That's built for people who have really got problems. Yes, of course. Me too, Haim. But we're going to teach all those hungover people out there today that alcoholism is a spectrum. If you're sitting in your bed questioning your behaviour last night, you sit on that spectrum everybody does and that's okay it doesn't mean you're an alcoholic as such it just means it might be worth taking a closer look at your drinking habits so this is a good place to start home let's answer the questions let's start the countdown here we go here we I go we background music oh, actually <laughs> let's leave a space <laughs> there for a bit of music i think Oh, do we need music? Yeah, we've got that. That sounds a bit like the um, the soundtrack to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Oh, yeah, it does, yeah. And gets the $25,000 question. Yeah, don't phone a friend and go on New Year's Day, uh, do you think I'm an alcoholic? <laughs> because the likeliness is after your behaviour last night that they're going to say, they're gonna say yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's but we don't team. care about that word, Hamish, no, do we? we're not no. into that word. So coming in at number 10, am I an alcoholic? Some people don't like labels. So if you don't like this one, don't use it. You can be sober curious instead. Someone questioning your alcohol intake, that is all you need to be. Or you could be an ex-drinker, a sober warrior, an ex-pint thief. It doesn't really matter. The words you use are up to you. I just say I'm sober and that's enough. I probably was an alcoholic because alcohol had lots of negative impact on my life, but I find the term conjures up the wrong image of who I am. So I don't use it. What about you, Hamish? Well, on the reverse side of that, the words I am an alcoholic can help someone identify their problem and seek out some support for it. Because it's a it's a frightening phrase. Yeah. I think people can use it on themselves to sort of give themselves that shock that they need to actually take action. That's, that's why some people do use it for the good. Basically, though, it's completely up to you. Whatever makes you feel comfortable there is a whole community out there of people who are not alcoholics, but sit somewhere on that spectrum. I did not know these people existed, Vic. It was like a whole, it was like peering behind the door that I'd never been behind to see a huge community of people who are sober curious or gave up without a problem. I think that's a lie, Hamish, because I imagine you peer from behind doors quite a lot. That I am familiar with. Yes. But usually just bathroom doors. And peeking through curtains. Yes. Yes, I can imagine. I'm a peeker. And hiding in public toilets, do you do that yes. as well? Yes, yeah. yes okay, Those are all terms and phrases I'm comfortable using about yes, myself. They're your labels. Yes. Yeah. Perv. That's why I identify myself. I'm a perv and that's fine. <laughs> Don't perv shame me. Not on this podcast. <laughs> perv. It's so old school, isn't it? it oh, is. he's a bit of a perv. <laughs> Have you met the neighbour? Don't. He's a perv. <laughs> A pervert. If you kick your football over the fence, don't go get it. Gary's don't. a perv. <laughs> Have you got Gary's number? <laughs> oh, so yeah, finding a community is really important. Sometimes you might need to label yourself for a day to find out where that community is. For example, I found the term sober curious when I read Ruby Warrington's book and that opened up a whole community of people. And that was a term that I really, really enjoy because it's like a warm hug. It's not as scary as that alcohol. Alcoholic one. 
And the last thing you want is to feel lonely in this. It can be lonely going sober. So the more people you can surround yourself with who do the same thing, the better. But whether you consider yourself an alcoholic or not, remember that you don't need to be what society considers an alcoholic to give up. In fact, you will find it so much easier to go sober before you develop a problem with booze. I did see something on Instagram yesterday that said, though, if you are Googling, am I an alcoholic? the chances are that you are or that yeah. you do have an issue with alcohol because you're wanting to change. That's all this is about. This is what Sober Awkward is about. It's about people that want to change and want to know how to change. Coming in at number nine. Coming in at number nine. <laughs> hey, it Mish. feels like we're doing the Radio 1 chart show. It's yeah, I love a it. a childhood dream of mine. Yeah. Number nine. Should I get support? Yes, is the answer to that. It doesn't matter what it looks like. A sober course, AA, a therapist, a mate, your GP, an online community, as we said we have a free one cuppa.community go to that just do something so you're not going through this alone like hamish said yeah i went cold turkey but that was because i didn't have an addiction as such this is different for everyone what did it for you vic what helped I actually sought out just a local therapist, Hamish, that dealt with addiction. I knew I had a problem with alcohol, even though I was just a party girl. I knew that it was having this impact on my life. So I just found a lady that lived locally and I went to see her for 12 weeks to unravel the reasons why I drank in the first place. And I think it's really important to find out the reasons why you drink and the reasons why you continue this, this pattern if it's having impact. So if you are someone that might be more severe or might be further down on the alcoholism spectrum, you might need more than some quitlet and a few podcasts to kick this off. You could go and see a doctor before you stop. Alcohol withdrawal symptoms are hazardous and there is risk of seizure. So be sure to implement the right help for your level of the problem. New year, new you, right? If getting sober is at the top of your resolution list, then listen up. What is the first step you need to take to achieve this goal? This is something Hamish and I get asked all the time, and we're always happy to recommend that you work with Sarah Rusbatch. Sarah is a grey area drinking coach who has successfully helped thousands of women free themselves from alcohol. We believe that the success of Sarah's course lies in the fact that she focuses on community connection, education and mindset. So many of the women make lifelong friends in these challenges and connect with a tribe who support and cheer for them along the way. January is always Sarah's biggest and best challenge. Wherever you are on this sober journey, this course caters to you all. Plus, as a Sober Awkward listener, you can make the most of a huge $159 discount. Just use the code AWKWARD, that's in capitals, AWKWARD, at sarahrusbatch.com to grab your place. The challenge starts on the 8th of January and you can sign up anytime using this code before the 5th. If you want to change your relationship with alcohol, head to sarahrusbatch.com. That is really important to say. Within the first week of me getting sober, I read Sober Curious, which you've just mentioned too. And then I delved deep into the research of what alcohol was for this podcast. I think a lot of us are very naive to this thing that we call alcohol and doing a mad amount of research. I kind of feel like I know too much yes, now. Yes, yeah. I, I've peered behind the door again. Oh, God. Yeah, I've, I've got my piercings on. I've snuck into the house at night. That's it. I've got my wig on and my outfit. <laughs> I've gone in incognito and I'm peering behind the doors. Your little leather outfit. Yeah. 
And I've, yeah, I've found out a bit too much. I also had the benefit of having just become a dad. So every day I had this laser sharp focus of my motivation smiling and pooing on me. Every yes, day. that yeah. is good it's motivation. A good it's yes, a good, good reminder. reminder. I mean, having kids, you can find out the reason why you drank and you can also during that period find out the reason why you want to continue not to drink. And for Hamish, it's having a kid. And for me, it was actually my kids as well. Mm. I wanted to be a better mum for them. So having a reason why you want to continue continue on this path is going to be really good for you at this point as well so like maybe write those down today wouldn't it, you say hey it almost sounds like we're saying to people who are listening who don't have kids have kids go go have sex yeah and nine months from now your yeah. sobriety you've be got breezy. a reason yeah. <laughs> yeah if you don't want kids don't have kids just for this purpose no. also no one wants to have sex with you and you're hungover on new year's day no. with last night's breath and all that Right, what's coming in at number eight, Hamish? How do I tell my friends what I'm doing? This is a big one. It's a biggie. For me, there was no real tactic behind this. There is no secret language that you can use. I just said to them, I'm going sober. I said originally that it was for a year. I could also say it was for this podcast, which is quite a unique thing that I could use as an excuse. <laughs> yeah, perfect um, excuse. But I was actually surprised by how little kickback I got from, from my mates. And, you know, and I was the normal drinker in my circle of mates. I was not the biggest pisshead. I was average. Like, I clearly didn't have a, an issue within my circle of mates. I thought they'd be like, what, you? Like, these nine mates of ours are much worse. Why are they not giving up? And you are. But I didn't give my friends the credit that I should have done. They yep. were just quite supportive from day one. I think we read recently a stat, Hamish, where it's something like now 91% of mates, even acquaintances, will not give you hassle when you say to them, I'm giving up drinking. Yeah. Yeah, which it's is incredible. Not it's that not big an issue, is it? No, it's not as big as an issue as you think it's going to be. No. If you say to a mate of yours, drinking isn't working for me anymore. It's not making me feel good. My hangovers are getting bad. I'm getting anxiety. I'm making a tear out of yourself. All of these things. If your mates are your good mates then they're just going to say, good on you. Yeah. And also they're probably fed up of you, aren't they, as well? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly fed up of drunk you. I think they'll often find that your mates are relieved. <laughs> Don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I know that people used to have to kind of look after me on a night out would just be like, oh, thank God she's given up. <laughs> this is going to be much better. But if you do want to tell your mates, there's some other ways you can do it rather than on a night out where... You, they could be a little bit confronted by your decision. The best thing to do is just to meet for a coffee or a walk or text them. Join the WhatsApp group and say, sorry, guys, I'm coming to the event, but just so you know, I'm not going to be drinking. Do it before the event to stop any awkward interactions when it's your round. I think the trick is to own it. The quicker you accept what you're doing, the quicker your mates will. And pretty soon you'll find that some will follow suit and you've all of a sudden got a few sober mates. I think it's important to maybe avoid the mates in early sobriety. If you're making this decision today, avoid the elbow twisters and the red nosed beer bullies. Like, don't go to those places where the massive boozers are going to be for a couple of months until you feel like you can really handle it. Coming in at number seven. Number seven. Will I feel better straight away? Will my anxiety go away? For me, my anxiety went away straight away. In the first few weeks, slowly my life and my health began to improve. I think it's interesting this one, Hamish, because I think some people have huge expectations of sobriety yes. and they can get a bit disappointed. But I think my advice here is just take it day by day, hour by hour, if necessary. Just don't put a drink to your lips. 
you have to keep going to feel the true benefits of sober life. And there were some amazing changes. So you will change straight away. Your skin will start getting better immediately. The bloating will go down too. Your eyes will be brighter. You might start feeling a bit more emotional about everything, but that's okay. Just go with it. After one week, you should experience improvements to your sleep cycle, energy levels, mental clarity, anxiety levels, and overall well-being. My anxiety went so quickly. It was the best thing I could have ever done for myself. And I can never, never go back to that. I think it's good advice to say, don't go in with too many expectations of what that first month is going to look like. Yeah. A lot of people experience a dopamine deficit because you get dopamine hit, this sort of happy hormone when you drink regularly. Every time you drink, you get hit dopamine. So when you take it out of your life, some people are sitting in a generally less happy place for a little mm. bit before your body recalibrates. But things like you mentioned, like the skin and the sleep and the eyes, all of that will happen. That is almost, I would say, a guarantee in that first month. But don't go in thinking all of my life's issues will be solved in that mm. first month. Like mm. fundamentally, there was a reason that you drank in the first place. It might be to cover some sort of insecurity. Um, I'm more fun when I drink. I'm better at chatting up the opposite sex, whatever it might be. So take that expectation away. Those things still need to be addressed. There's still a certain amount of work to do, um, but just trust the process. Yeah, definitely. Funnily enough, I was chatting to a mate of mine last night. I went round for a barbecue at a mate's house because that's what we do in Australia, mm. go for barbies. And she was saying she'd given up drinking recently for a gut health issue. So mm. she just thought, well, I'm going to try and do everything right for my gut and I'm going to give up drinking. And she went out. And I think it's a really important point to make when we're talking about mates and we're talking about feeling better. She went dancing for the first time. She went to a mm -hmm. festival without drinking and she she said to me, I realized it wasn't the drink that was making me feel good. It was actually the music and the people I was yeah. with and the weather and the surroundings and my environment, all of this other stuff. She thought it was booze, you know, hitting those happy hormones and yeah. setting off that dopamine. But it wasn't. It wasn't the alcohol at the end of the day. And I said to her, that is a really massive realization mm -hmm. is that you can do everything you've always done without booze. Yeah. We yeah. give too much credit to the booze. We do. Yeah. So do. Okay. Coming in at number six, Hamish. One of the big ones. Will I ever have sex again? Your answer? No. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Only joking, but don't worry if there's a short break in the downstairs disco department. <laughs> You will get your sober, sexy confidence back, especially if you're single. But the most important thing is not drinking at the moment. So if that's what you're going to do, that is your New Year's resolution. Concentrate on that and the other stuff will come along eventually. Also, they say it's not a great idea to date in the first few months because of what rejection and heartbreak can lead to. Excessive wanking. Not wanking, oh, Hamish. Right. <laughs> that is a terrible sin. <laughs> what we really mean is don't worry too much. Everything will happen when it's supposed to, organically or orgasmically. Don't put any pressure on yourself. Well, <laughs> depends what... Yeah. Is that what wanking yeah, is? Yeah, I think yeah, it's putting pressure on yourself. Uh, but just know there probably won't be many one-night stands. No. I'm married with a one-year-old, so what do I know about this topic? Of course, it might feel awkward and hyper-aware at first when you first have sex sober, but let me assure you that our listeners are unashamed oversharers, and we get emails all the time about how going sober has reinvigorated people's sex lives. I know, it's a bit too much information it's when we get those emails. It's a lot of information because I feel like they're thanking, thanking us yeah, having yeah. sex. Yeah. Thanks, Vic and Hamish. My sex life is so much better since listening to the Sober Aqua podcast. <laughs> it's a bit odd. Yeah. 
<laughs> Coming in at number five. What do I need to add in once alcohol is taken out? Right. What you need to do is figure out another way of spoiling yourself that isn't booze. Fancy meals that you might be able to afford now that you're not having drinks on your bill. That's something that I've really enjoyed re recently. Um, you can now afford regular massages. I yes. reckon we probably spent easily $30 minimum a week on alcohol. Is that fairly liberal? God, that's very liberal. That's like... Well, that's, that's, a, that's six, a level of drinker that Hamish was. Okay. Yeah, so I would probably spend $200 Okay, so a you can get a massage from... Gandhi for yeah. two hundred dollars. <laughs> so yeah, give yourself some massages. Oh, no, that sounds no. like wanky again. Oh god! Go and get massages is a nice way. Give of yourself, yourself a special five finger hand massage. <laughs> Didn't need to know the amount of fingers. We both eat a little more chocolate. Four and a half. <laughs> We both eat a little more chocolate now than perhaps we should do, but it's certainly the better of two evils when compared to alcohol. Use the time you get back to discover something new. Yeah, try some new hobbies. I know this sounds a bit cheesy for somebody lying in bed with a terrible hangover, but somebody said to me once, what do you do now you don't drink? Yeah. And me and Hamish, we always say, well, we do everything else. Mm -hmm. There's so much in the world when you don't drink and you start to discover all these new interests. Firstly, you find your inner child as well, don't you, Hamish? Like always. you start enjoying the things you used to before you started drinking. I've started pottery. Hamish goes for ice baths. We join sober groups. We exercise. There's sober dating and cooking. Whatever takes your mind off the booze. I think that an important point to make here is you've done drinking you know it's time to try something else i often say to people i have wandered down the seafront with a traffic cone on my head enough times yeah. i have danced on dance floors i have passed out in toilets i have done all this stuff it's complete that's like your mate mm -hmm. said i've completed it mate it's yeah. done so think about that for a minute while you're lying in bed Drinking, you've probably done it for more than 10, 15, 20 years. Maybe that part of your life is over. It's exactly what my sister-in-law, Claire, said. She said, I've done drinking for 25 years. It's time to discover what else is out there. Mm -hmm. Coming in at number four, what if I get cravings? The fact is, you probably will get cravings. And that can lead people to drink again. But there are techniques you can learn to get past them. You can just sit with them, feel them and watch them pass through your body. Imagine like having reflux or something, something you can feel until you can't feel it anymore. Something that passes through you and you just have a cup of tea and get on with it. Emotions and thoughts do pass. And it's interesting to find out how quickly you can get over cravings when you get sober. One of the best tips I ever had was to play the tape forward. If you're thinking about having that one drink, would it be that one drink really? What is the reality of your drinking habit? Is it having one, having two, then having the bottle and then ordering shots? Because I know that it was like that for me. So play the tape forward and imagine, is it actually going to be one drink or is it going to be 10 and end up with you making a tear out of yourself and falling down some stairs? Like, because that's usually what happens. What is the reality of your drinking habit? Another really good thing is distraction walk it out if you're feeling like drinking again go for a walk call a mate or just put the fucking kettle on my advice here is i'm going to recommend a book normally i'd recommend your book fic but that comes out at the end of this month so yes. before that comes out i still am allowed to recommend books that are not yours the book i'm going to recommend is called atomic habits in that you're going to educate yourself on what a craving actually is Okay, there's quite a lot that you can learn about it to sort of get on top of them. 
wait 20 minutes. That's typically the amount of time that a craving sits around, 15 to 20 minutes. Get out of the house, do some exercise, experiment with an alcohol-free drink. I now get the release of a Friday night I now get from an alcohol-free beer. Like yeah. I look forward to it, it's in my fridge, and I, I, whatever craving that I might have for a normal beer, alcohol-free beer seems to do the job for me. It doesn't work for everyone, but for me it has certainly worked. Um, I'm just going to mention Lee Mack here, because we interviewed Lee Mack recently, and on that one he said that he can get that same feeling from a pint of blackcurrant and fizzy water. Yes. And he can feel that same release, because also we know that the alcohol doesn't hit your system for 20 minutes, so that feeling of reward that you're getting is actually psychological. Mm -hmm. so you can have a pint of whatever it is to get rid of that craving and look forward to a black current and fizzy water if that's going to be your sober drink exactly just refocus on your motivations whenever a craving comes up or just pop an episode of us on pop an episode of us on some sober relief yes, some light relief it. oh it's coming back to wanking again it is mm. it's too much wanking isn't it for one episode <laughs> it is way too much let's try and stop okay okay Start again. This not go well. Oh, we've got, we're up to number three already. We've yeah. The whole episode is basically about wanking because <laughs> we're already at number three. I don't know why it turns sexual, do you? No. There's no sexual tension in here, just so you know. No. But you did ask me to lick your finger. True, but that wasn't sexual. That was just more for oh, the joy. Like for friends. Yeah, that no, was just, just friends. Just lick my finger in a friendly way. Yeah, that was. <laughs> you can lick friends' fingers. It's fine. <laughs> number three, does this have to be forever? Okay, so I'm going to start this off by quoting Ziggy Alberts, who was an amazing guest on this podcast. So what I've struggled with is I thought I can give up for a year. I can do a finite amount of dates. And the good thing about doing a finite amount of dates is that you are counting down the number rather than counting up the number. For me, the idea of giving up forever just seemed like too big a thought. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. It was a bit frightening. And he talked about this idea of giving up indefinitely rather than forever. So forever, again, I guess till the day I die, you're counting down. Indefinitely is just, I'm going to, I can definitely do today. I can definitely do tomorrow. And we'll just see how it comes. And that unlocked something in my mindset. I was like, I can be sober indefinitely. I don't know if I can be sober forever, but I can certainly do indefinitely. Yeah, that's brilliant, Hamish. What a brilliant piece of advice. Um, I would say for me, though, because I was more of a problem drinker than probably Ziggy and Hamish here. Um, so I recommend that if you are really questioning it, then it could be a yes. It probably means you shouldn't be doing it if you're questioning it. And if you try moderation, you still have that shall I, shan't I head mm. fuck going on. There are so many benefits to being sober long term, Hamish, forever for me. You just get happier with every year. I know that you will too, Hamish. So it'll be interesting mm. to see whether your indefinite turns into forever. I'd be interested. It's interesting because for me, the idea of forever was frightening. Whereas you, the idea of forever was a relief, wasn't it? The first time you're like, yeah. oh, okay, this is this is not just for a month or for a year. Like you were able to relax into it because of the indefinite, indefinitely, yes. the indefinitely of it. Yes. I think the fact that it was forever for me was the total freedom from it. Yeah. Freedom from every aspect of it, the going out and having to do it, the having to buy it, the, the way that I acted. I just could leave this whole persona that I'd created in the past and start afresh. Like people lying in your bed at home today with that hangover, there is opportunity for change and as part of this process I never knew that humans were capable 
of evolving in their own lifetime. Now, now this is going to sound righteous and wanky and smug, but I just thought I was a drinker. I thought I was that forever, mm. not this person that I am now. I'd kind of got stunted and I couldn't think beyond the bottle yeah. for many, many, many years. I thought that's who I was, but it turns out I could evolve. And that's what therapy helped me do. It made me mm -hmm. understand who I was, who I wanted to be and how to put that into action. That's it. Yeah, it's a which, lot about separating yourself from your identity. Yes. I'm a drinker. All my mates know that I'm a drinker. Yeah. I'm fun Vic. I'm the party girl. So yeah, it's very important to rediscover a new identity for yourself and not be so wedded to it. Like, oh, it's too big a thing. I can't, I can't not drink. I'm the piss head in my group. Yeah. So you have to leave the piss head in the past, basically. That's it. Yeah. On a curb, crying outside a dodgy nightclub. Number two, and this could be number one. This is arguably one of the oh, biggest things in drinking. I know. Or in sobriety. Go for it. Is sobriety boring? Oh, it's such a good question, isn't it? It is the biggest reason that people don't go sober. And it is the biggest reason I would argue that people go back to drinking once they've tried sober. Yeah. I would say it can be boring. Of We're going to be honest with you on here. Compared to your old life, those drinking es escapades, you know, I used to go out on a Friday night and come home on a Monday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like we'd go mushroom picking on the downs and then I'd be in Luton or then I'd be in Ireland. Like my drinking was eventful. Stuff would happen, injuries, assaults. <laughs> <laughs> you don't punch as many people now. <laughs> I don't punch as many people now. So stuff would happen, which I thought made me sort of exciting and interesting. Yeah. But actually, it was really detrimental to my own health, mental and physical. So when you give up drinking, not having any of that chaos in your life can be really, really hard. A really good analogy that I had in early sobriety, I've told it on the podcast before, but it's important to say it here, was when my therapist said to me, like, imagine you're on a roundabout at a kid's park mm -hmm. and everybody you know is on it and it's spinning and everyone's drinking and shouting and laughing and there's music and it's spinning around and you're on it and you're laughing too. She said, imagine now stepping off, just stepping off the roundabout and being an observer. Mm -hmm. And I was like what i can step off yeah. and it felt liberating i stepped off and that's what sobriety is for me i've stepped out of the chaos and for some that may seem boring but for me it just represents absolute contentment yeah yeah i'm gonna answer this question with a question which is very woo woo so people say isn't sobriety boring well i would say isn't drinking also sometimes boring very Aren't hangovers boring? Yep. Spending entire holidays in pubs and bars instead of seeing the place that you're on holiday. Yeah, making memories. I feel like I'm full of energy now. and I've got way more time on my hands, which is not boring. I'm more present with my friends and family. I'm trying to make a positive impact on the world through this podcast and helping people in any way I can. So I would say it's not boring. Right. Your life is going to be full of ups and downs, boring days and exciting days. And I don't think that giving up drinking necessarily changes that too much. Yeah. There is a bit of FOMO in sobriety. Like you feel like you're missing out on stuff. Yeah. And I think it's important to 
do things that you never did before, like we talked about earlier, the hobbies and fill those spaces with stuff so you don't feel like you're missing out. In fact, you feel like you're doing more than your mates. Mm-hmm. I feel like I do more than most people I know that drinks. I, I go to clubs and different, just different stuff. Yeah. And I think it's really important to fill that time. Our uh, mornings are fun now. Our mornings I are fun. not a lot of fun mornings when I was drinking. No. And you've got to reframe that word boring. Is boring, you know, is that just because you're not going out or is boring now that you actually feel good and you feel happy with yourself and you have boundaries and you have clear skin and you take care of yourself Mm -hmm. now and boring is actually cool hamish well somebody said to me that going sober meant that they uh, they sit somewhere between five out of ten and eight out of ten all the time okay was that when they were drinking it was like one two ten nine one two ten five and i was like okay that's and some people think well that's boring i want to have the tens and they're worth the ones I don't think it is anymore. Because you spend a lot of time when you're drinking is chasing a high, like Mm -hmm. you do with any drug. And you think, well, this first drink is going to make me feel better. And that's, and of course it does momentarily, but then you're chasing that high and you spend your whole night feeling anxious because you're trying to get drunk and trying to get rid of the anxiety you're feeling. Yeah. So all of that takes up a lot of space in your brain. You Mm -hmm. end up being preoccupied by alcohol. And you are having these ups and downs. But actually, when you stop, the preoccupation goes, you have space in your brain for other stuff. And that wiggly line that you're talking about, it becomes a flat line. Now, that isn't death. That's actually you just feeling more happy, more content and more solid, more confident when you go out. All of these incredible things happen to you. It takes time and it takes work, but it is so worth it. The last thing I'll say on boring is, you know, when you have a night out, and it is a boring night out and you're like let's get a round of shots in like, let's make this night this boring night better by all getting like stepping up the drinking yeah which rarely worked never worked when you're sober now and a party gets boring and most parties eventually get boring you can just leave just leave you can drive if you want to drive you can, you can drive backdoor it it's the best thing about going sober is just tapping out when a party starts to turn shit and i think a lot of it is about that social confidence because a lot of us we drink because it's almost expected of us Mm -hmm. and actually having the confidence to go to a party and say right i'm out i'm done this is boring and leave at the point where you actually want to there's nothing more badass than that for sure number one number one here we go here we go it is can i really do this well you know what our answer is going to be, don't you? No, you can't. Give up. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. Stay in bed and drink tomorrow. <laughs> I think our, my answer has to be Hamish. If I can do it, you can That's too. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Spot on. Someone like me, who was a massive party girl, it was ingrained in every single part of me. Every bone in my body was destined to be a binge drinker, a ladette and a party girl. I never thought that I could look outside that. I had to gather my tools, which were podcasts, quitlet, a therapist, tea, lint balls, early bed, all of these things that I've had to learn to step into this new version of me. And I've done it. And I've done it for five and a half years. It's the best decision I've ever made in my life. I didn't know that I could evolve. I didn't know I could change. And I didn't know that there was a whole other life waiting there for me and that I could be a more present mum. And I could, you know, do all the things that I imagined I could never do, do a podcast write a book it's all come because of sobriety Hamish this will happen to you too you will change and it might be painful at first but it will be wonderful 
of course you can give up. There is so much support in place for this. We did an episode about gambling addiction earlier in the year, and they talked about gambling addiction. There's not a lot of support out there. Alcohol, there are the books, the podcasts, AA groups. There, are, there is so much content on this for free for you to reach out for if you feel as if you need it. You might stumble a few times along the way, but don't beat yourself up about it. The wagon is waiting right next to you if you fall off. Don't let one slip up allow that wagon to drive away from you forever. You can do it and you'll be part of an enormous team. The reason I say that is New Year's Day has to be the most popular day for people to go sober globally. Yeah, so go on today and join our Cuppa community. It's free. It's a place where you'll meet other people doing exactly what you're doing. We've both experienced huge changes in ourselves since giving up alcohol. All positive. I know it feels hard to get your head around it today, but don't think too far ahead. Just do today. Try going out without a drink. Challenge yourself. Give yourself permission to treat your body with respect. Stop doing what everyone else is doing and be a rebel. We have and we couldn't be happier. The mindset that I would encourage you to attack this with is why not? What have you got to lose from giving this a try? Experiment. Get out of your comfort zone. I guarantee that after a month of doing this, you will notice your life is the same, if not much better. You will miss it less and less as you grow more. So test yourself and make this your best year yet. What are your three New Year's resolutions, Hamish? Okay, so I'm going to try and get a little bit better at surfing. Okay, I'm, yep. I am as bad at surfing as you are at japanese that sex, sex. <laughs> uh, john reassures me yeah. i'm as bad at it i'll give that my wife yeah. she's rubbish at sex <laughs> yeah stumpy the moment bad sex um so i'm gonna try and get a bit better at surfing you're too gangly for surfing aren't i you? know yeah that's it so i look even ganglier on a on a surfboard i'm like white because of the sun cream yes i have an english accent i'm gangly i'm bad it's i'm so clearly british yes amongst a group of australian yes, surfers yes you are yeah. so i'm gonna try and like fit in a bit better i think you should yeah get some long board shorts and a mullet you'll be fine that's what i need yeah. yeah um i'm gonna try and continue to put the hard yards into making this podcast as successful and wide reaching as possible and i'm going to challenge myself to get out of my comfort zone on a regular basis yeah what yeah, about you? What yeah, are your great three? ones. Um, I want to make sure that my work doesn't take over from spending time on my kids. Okay, so I'm going to work hard and you're going to take the foot off the pedal. Yeah, basically. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just informing you of that now. That sounds fair. I think it's easier to tell you my changes on the podcast so that you don't get upset with yeah, me. Good. You have to react in a positive way. That's it. I'm going to try not to get anxious about events that I should be looking forward to. You know mm-hmm. I'm terrible at that. I'm going to not roll my eyes as often at my husband when he doesn't get my jokes, which oh, is, is quite a lot. Daily? Daily, at least, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm like, look at this meme. Ha ha ha. He's like, I don't understand. Do you blame your jokes or his sense of humour? Definitely his sense okay. of humour, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm going to get my bush trimmed on a more regular basis. Yeah. By a professional? No, no, I'm going to get your head trimmer back that you've gotten. Oh, Liz will do it. Oh, Liz do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's got it again. Here I am kissing your stump and Liz is trimming your bush. Yeah. Is that where we are now? That is where we are. That's where we are, yeah. yeah. Okay. I also, as you do, Hamish, want to make the podcast more successful. No, you just added that now because <laughs> you're feeling guilty. I want to make the podcast as successful it can be and help as many people as I can. <laughs> no, I do, though. That's actually true. Now you want to trim the bush. Stop bushing. <laughs> yeah, it's just about the bush. 
Uh, let's have a quote. Every year you make a resolution to change yourself. This year, make a resolution to be yourself. Oh, that's nice. Anthony Robbins says, new year equals a new life. Decide today who you will become, what what you will what you will give <laughs> and how you will live. Yeah. Pfft, no, let's not do that one. Because Anthony Robbins as well, that's a bit culty, isn't it? Yeah, I quite like him though. Anthony, yeah. I feel like he's just Tony. You can like him, but don't like him too much okay. or give him any money because I think he's okay. rich enough already. The uh, other one. Go on. The other, the uh, other one. Uh, hey! <laughs> <laughs> the last one is from David Bowie. He says, I don't know where I'm going from here, but I promise it won't be boring. That is just perfect. We should add that as our sober, awkward uh, quote, shouldn't we? Our slogan. We'll steal yes. it. Yeah, we'll steal it from Bowie. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say he's dead. <laughs> he's not around to complain. He's not around to no. complain. I'm going to read it again for the people lying in bed just before we go. I don't know where I'm going from here, but I promise it won't be boring. And we promise it won't be boring too, don't we, Hank? No, that's it. Join us every Monday, every Thursday. Join us. And we'll keep you in a little friendly cult. Yes. After about six months, we'll start asking you for money. Yeah. And then we'll come visit you and force ourselves on you. We are... <laughs> We are wearing white robes sat here, that's aren't we? It, yeah, that's it. With little holes, various, various places. <laughs> that's the sort of cult you're in now. The sober cult. That sounds like a decent cult to be in. We're in. Uh, where are we? We're in Ra- oh, Club Rami. We're, no, we're in Club Rami. Hashtag Club Rami. Hashtag Club Rami. Where things are going a bit. Lo- a bit loose. <laughs> Hashtag Calamari. Who's awkward and sober now? I mean, come on. We're in, we're in Club Rami, not hashtag calamari. We're in Club Calamari. Yes. In the- <laughs> oh my God, I'm changing the posters right now. <laughs> If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate, or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support. Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. fix has got one. Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support. Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Hamish. Bloody hell. How do they share it? softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. 
From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, as you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out. All my magnificent fuck-uppery in one awkward hit. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores. We always say all good bookstores, don't we? Yeah. Are, there, are there bad bookstores? No, it's probably ones with moody, moody sellers. Oh, yeah, really yeah. depressed librarian folks. Yes, yes, okay, yes, good, yes. Good. So there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's only made it into the goodies. <laughs> You can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and ebook are out now, and the audio book will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry, and cringe, and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book, even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think? I feel like I know a little bit too much about you now, to be honest, Vic. Look, I really loved it. It was hilarious and surprisingly moving, but I feel like I've seen you naked in a literary sense. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, that's worrying. Yeah. Yeah. From an emotional point of view, seriously, it wobbled my teeny weeny wooden heart, Vic. Okay. (laughs) My teeny little wooden heart. His his wooden heart is broken. Anyway, so if you do manage to get your filthy mitts on a copy, please do me a favour and head to goodreads.com and give me a review. Doing that will help me get it out there to those that need a bit of sober support. So there you have it. My story, unwanted warts and all. Come and get awkward with me. Not to be too demanding or anything, but seriously, go and buy it Yeah, now. go and buy it. Go and buy it right now. Yeah, don't just tell your friends. Buy it and then buy your friends one or two. Yeah, yeah, don't give them a copy. Yeah. Buy it, yeah. And you know what? Don't be careful where you store it. If you lose it, you can always buy another yeah, five. Yeah, buy another one. Yeah. <laughs> 